They did bring it. I think like they have a really good like head coach. Mm-hmm. They yeah. did as much as I hate them, bring in a very good staff. Yeah. I will never hate on their job. So they did really they are really good. So like I think, you know, just like a lot of all of the Phoenix teams, I think we're on an up and up out here. Like I think we have a pretty good like the transition with the new ASU at football. I don't know the other sports, but I think ASU football is looking looking good. Yeah. It's I'm wild. To, for yeah, it's wild I'm to think about so I'm like, oh, when you think of it that way, like all these programs are just like new faces yeah, across yeah. all boards. We're like all we're an all new coaching new staff, all new team. Mm-hmm. Like I think we have six guys coming back and that sixth one is KD who came mid season, yeah. late season. Yeah. Like with three months left. So now I'm like, oh my god, we have ten new ten new guys. Yeah. yeah. Possibly more than that because they just changed it. We can have um three two way guys on our roster now. Oh so what's two way? Um, What's like, the G League team? So we don't like, have one. Oh. Yeah, so you, Phoenix is the only, I think we're the only one that doesn't have a G League. So we did. It was Northern Arizona. Um, but then they got rid of it. And so we don't have um, a G League. We're working on it. I think mm, next cool. year, 2024, 2025. Nice. Jody has her hand raised. You do not know what that means. No, I didn't know the two-way. Yeah, oh, if you're okay. a two-way player, you play like both on the G League and the NBA gotcha. team. You can be brought up. Okay. Okay. It happens yeah, in so. hockey, like... Yeah. Almost everybody says I never knew the term. I know about the G Leagues and stuff like that. I should never use, I yeah. never heard the term two way before. Yeah. So I'm like the one that's never been involved in sports. I'm kind of like new. <laughs> yeah. I really think it's, it's something that, like, football obviously doesn't do it, but mm-hmm. I think it's because, like, basketball. But football also has 90 people. Well, I was going to. Yeah. And they, like, they have, like, they have a whole like, we have, like, we have, like, the same amount of games, so, like, most people are brought up, brought down, brought yeah. up, brought down. But I think that's pretty similar with, like, the practice squad stuff. Yeah. Because they'll bring it up is, practice yeah. squad and bring them down low within rules and regulations, which also drives me crazy. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're unique. Um, our guys, like, obviously they don't have a second team to go play for. Mm, yeah. So it's cool because they're primarily with us. Like, mm-hmm. they're literally only on the Suns roster, so they don't do the go back and forth, you know, play a few games, G League, come up to the NBA to sit on the bench for one game, go back down. But also, like, on the flip side, they're not getting any time most of the time, Mm -hmm. 90% of the time. So, like, they're really just sitting on a bench, and they are just a practice player essentially for 10 months. But, like, you know, one of our guys worked his butt off as a two-way and then got signed to his full contract, and so... That was a perk, too, like, just being in the gym and you're being seen all the time. They just don't get to play any of those extra games, which is kind of a downfall. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So how does that, like, affect your job, like, having – that was not specific at all, but having, like, half of the squad gone, how does that, like, affect your job? Like, restarting. You have to restart, too, like – yeah, it's hard. You I was to build those relationships with yeah. them and they leave. I was joking with um, our new head coach, and I was just telling him, like, I feel like the new kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like <laughs> the new employee because a lot of our coaching staff, they already have all worked together at yeah. some point in their career. So, like, they're already close and have those relationships established. And then, you know, the guys are easy. Like, they either have been teammates at one point or just know each other or whatever. So, like, when they come together, like, it's not some dramatic transition for them. They're like, oh, cool, we're playing basketball, like, let's hoop. Mm -hmm. But for everyone else, you're like, okay, now I have to learn 10 new guys and a coaching staff of 10 new people. 
And so I've been in the building like, who's that guy? (laughs) I don't know who that is. But we have a really good group. Um, Like everyone's been super cool already. But I think the hardest part about it and kind of what was a learning thing for me is like, you get, you get so invested in these guys, mm-hmm. even in the, like, the staff. Like, you get invested in these people. I was close with a lot of our previous coaching staff, and now they're all gone. And yeah. so it's emotional. It's hard. Um, you know, you got to transition with guys the right way, too. And so it's important to, when you trade them or they do go to a different team or you don't sign them back, like, still keep that relationship. Still reach out. Let them know that it wasn't some transactional, like, relationship that you had with them because it goes a long way. Like, at the end of the day, this league is so small when you think about it. Like, you're going to run into these guys possibly four more times because that's just how the schedule's built. So, like, you don't want to leave on, like, bad blood or also just, like, if they leave, wipe your hands of it and be like, okay, like, peace out. You're Mm -hmm. on your own. So I try to do, like my due diligence of you know checking in on them you guys need anything in your transition reach out to the families let them know you appreciate them and and just little stuff like that because it goes a long way but then you have no time to like be sad Mm -hmm. over the people leaving because all the new people come and there's work to be done like as quick as or as long as the off season may feel it's so quick yeah it's literally like we've been done since whenever we exited may April, whenever I don't even remember. I think it was April. It was an early one. Okay, but we got out of playoffs, and then it was like, dang, like season's not until October. And then you think about it, and like we come back to the office after Labor Day, which is in three weeks. Summer league just ended two weeks ago, so really, like, we've got six weeks off, and then it's right back to the grind. But for me, I feel like it's just more of a heavy load because now. I'm learning all of these new people. Whereas if we had more of the returners, like, Mm -hmm. I can go off of last year and be like, okay, I know that this guy likes that, and this guy goes by this, and these are his people, and whatever the case is. But now I'm like, I don't know nothing about none of these (laughs) dudes. So, it, but there's excitement in that. Now I get to know all of these new people, and it's already been great. They've all been fun. And this is our first year having a rookie in a really long time. Mm. So shout out to our rookie. He's been great. Thankfully, he's not a, like, 19-year-old rookie. And, like, this is no diss to the 19-year-old rookies. Shout out to all of you. But they're they're just a baby. (laughs) 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 So you really have to, like, hold these these kids' hands because they're fresh out of college. They're not even out of college. Like, they came early, and they don't know a lot of – life skills and just now you're throwing all of this money in their face and Mm -hmm. it's it's overwhelming so they just come in and you're like okay but you still have things to do like you're not just here to play basketball like you got work to do you know rookies are expected to do a lot more different things than what your vets are or even the guys that have been in for three four years like it's just a different level um so when they don't have that mature mindset yet it's so hard yeah but our rookie is 23, and he's so mature, and yes. he's so great, Shout out and, to like, you, yeah, buddy. he's made my life so easy so far, because I was really stressed to have a rookie for a second. I was like, man, this is going to be a lot of work, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, this is a breeze. He's great. Good. Some of our yeah, other we, guys are a little bit more rough than he is. We, it's funny that you say that, because, like, 
Hockey is different. The draft is different. Like, a lot of people will sign when they're 19, but they won't play until they're 23 because a lot of them come from, like, Russia and, like, other countries. So there is every contract is a two-way contract, like I said. Um, But there was a really good draft prospect. He was the number two or three pick, I forget, um, of the 2022 draft. And we got him. His name's Logan. And he was like, I'm going to play another year in college. And then he decided, like, two weeks ago that he was signing. So he's on our roster this year. But he is 19 years old. Like, that is crazy. That doesn't happen in hockey. Right. Um, So it's going to be cool. I mean, we saw, like, as soon as he signed, the, like, ticket sales were, like, spiked. Like, it was was crazy. So, yeah. We love a rookie. We do love a rookie. (laughs) Yes, yes. If they behave. Love, if, they if they behave. Yeah. That's if. Crazy. Yeah, if. They give. But it's okay. <laughs> they so, for, like, I'm trying to word this properly, but is there any, like, I don't know the right terminology, but is there any, like, like when someone leaves, mm-hmm. are you still helping them with anything that they have going on? Like, I'm imagining you Sure. Sure. Yeah. Which I remember I reached out to you. I was like, I'm so sorry. I know you took well, that person. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. Those two were the yeah. They're, they were the culture of. They the were. Party. They were like, like the culture of the city of Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I. You know, both just willing to do anything and everything yeah. in the community on the court. Like, you know, poor Cam. He was hurt, yeah. and then comes back and gets a few good games under his belt with us, and then off he goes and like I wasn't on that trip either when they got traded and so I was like you know we're we're not like trading anybody and then I was like if we do like you know how everyone talks Twitter goes crazy so it was kind of this like well if if it's anybody it'll probably be Cam Mm -hmm. just like for for clarity transparency but like Mikhail was the kicker like nobody was expecting that no because he literally played every (laughs) right and you're like wait a minute like (laughs) So I, I'm texting my boss during the the trade or, like, the, the deadline's approaching, and they were on an East Coast trip, so three hours ahead, and I'm like, I haven't heard from her. The deadline's, like, hitting over there, and she's not telling me. It's like, we're good. Mm-hmm. We're not letting anybody go. But I'm, like, checking Twitter like a crackhead. I've yeah. got my Woj notifications on, I'm my so shams, good. like, what's going on? And nothing was coming through. All these other teams were making trades, and I was like, we're, we're good. I texted her to, like, just confirm, like, hey, anything going on, you know, like, I'm I'm behind on time, so, like, I just want to make sure, you know, if we do do something, like, I'm prepared to book the flights, make the calls, help them with whatever logistically that they need, and she was like, oh, like, you know, a lot of moving pieces right now, but, like, nothing, and, like, she didn't keep it from me. Yeah. Because it, when I talked to her, she very much was, like, Oh, it like as soon as you saw the tweet was like when we knew. Yeah. And that's what's so shitty about Woj and Shams and just Twitter is like I get they have a job to do, but like it's so crazy how news will break from them and it's ninety percent of the time before these people even know. Yeah. They don't even know. Yeah. So Mikhail and Cam find out from other people sending them yeah. tweets and stuff or Which like yo crazy so that didn't even give our gm a chance to talk to him our coach to talk to him nothing and like 
how sick is that? Especially when you have such a good relationship with these guys. Like, those two were adored by our entire staff. And so, of course, they wanted to do it the right way. But whoever it was inside that couldn't keep keep it a secret, mm-hmm. not a secret, but, like, you know, keep it confidential yeah. until they had the opportunity. They had to run right to the reports, and out it came. So that's when I saw. And yeah. when I tell you I was on my way to bed, I was like, oh, all right, no. we're, we made it safe. We're yeah. good. My phone goes off. Blockbuster. It's Phoenix Suns trade for Kevin Durant. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Like, this isn't real. Because, you know, you, it only shows you a preview of Well, that. I saw that and I was like, that's not possible. Right. <laughs> and it didn't <laughs> say for who yet. And yeah. so, obviously, I'm like, cool. It's, like, not cool, but it's Cam. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, like, some of our, uh, like, lower bench guys yeah. or whatever the case is. Nope, I open that thing and it says... Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, I lost it. Yeah. Like, went and woke my mom up, and I was like, they traded Cam and Mikhail for Kevin, and I was like, like, it's so dope because it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. But, like, those were my guys. Yeah. Like, when I tell you my guys, like, those two are were two of my, like, best friends on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was horrible. And then you don't, like, because I wasn't on the trip, like, I didn't want to bombard them because I know their phones are blowing up. So I've, like, had this, like, FOMO, like, stress moment because I was, like, granted, I'm not just anybody reaching out, but I know they're probably so emotional, so upset, feeling everything, and they're on the road with the team. And so I'm, like, I wish I was there Mm -hmm. to just be there, you know, and, like, they, like, sent every sent them off. Like, everyone came down to, like, hug them the next day and, you know, tell them goodbye. And it was funny because they were in New York. So when they got traded, it I was remember, like... I remember, yeah. They're like, welcome well, to Brooklyn. No, we had just yeah. left New York, actually. So we I think it was, like, Atlanta and then New York. And so they had just left New York, and so then we shipped them back. But it's just... It was wild. And so I was... I was sad. So I waited till like later the next day like late late and just sent like my heartfelt little message and it's been fine like I saw I saw Cam at Summer League and it was great and like I've kept in touch with both of them um but I know we cut your question off technically no so it's where okay. are we going that with that well, no basically I think what she was saying is like how do you transition a person once they leave right yeah kind of that but it was more like just for planning purposes and for mm-hmm. your job like your part of your job is to you know help them externally so if there's stuff that they're wanting to launch or stuff that they're passionate about like that's a process you have to work through that process we were in a current project actually with both of them so oh this is three months away like Mm -hmm. we're gonna launch it and then they get traded like do you completely are you completely out of that conversation or like Uh, how does that work kind of like from a son's perspective you are Mm -hmm. but then like that's where you also build these relationships with their agents, their managers, yeah. and whatever else. Because half the time, the stuff that they're doing, those people, it's either coming from their end, their direction, or they just know about it anyways. And so, if it's not, like, a sole son's project, yeah. like, and it's just something that they're doing for their own personal brand, it's easier to transition that way and you just ask the question of like is there anything you need from us that we can help with like obviously we can't throw the sun's brand on there anymore but like here's what we were working on here's the details like you still share that stuff so Mm -hmm. that they can 
take it with them. Um, but it sucked because we were actually in the middle of doing, um, do you remember campaigns, Valley Threads? Do you mm-hmm. remember the Valley Threads program? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he made the hoodie. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a player merch, like, led program. Um, shout out to Shaquin and Jerry for building that out. But, like, we were going to do a twin collab. And it was going to be a set. And we had already done the first meeting. And we sat them down. And it was, the, like, it was such a fun meeting. They Because they just feed off of each mm-hmm. other. And they're so goofy. And so they were in there talking shit and then laughing and doing all this other stuff. And, they, like, we were going to come up with something really cool. Like, I know our creative team was going to come up with something. Like, the merch was going to be cool. I think they were leading towards, like, a set. It was going to be, like, a t-shirt Aww. and shorts, like, summer drop and we were so excited and it was funny because the guy who who runs it he was like hey we really want to like get the twins what do you think and I was like I think we're good and then obviously the the trade was coming up and I told him I was like I don't think anything's happening and I said if anything does happen it will be cam Mm -hmm. and I said but let's start it if they say we keep we go to meeting two and we keep the thing running if Cam gets traded and it's just Mikhail, like we, we drop the twin part of it and we just let Mikhail run with it, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And he was like, "Oh, that's a good idea," and that's what we did. And Aww. the bomb dropped. And I, I will t- say, I will say, it's it's sweet that not that like anybody in the front office cared about this, but I think it's sweet that they got traded together. Oh, it's the best, you know, because yeah. I think it would have been more devastating. Honestly, if one of them stayed mm-hmm. and one of them left, it would have been more heartbreaking. Not yeah. for you, maybe, but for, like, for them. For, like, it would have been awkward. No, yeah. for sure. And that's, they both have talked about that, too. Like, in their interviews and stuff, they were like, we're glad it was us. Like, yeah. still got my boy. <laughs> yeah, and, like, they're, like, best friends. Yeah. They so and they're still hard. very much trademarked as the twins in Brooklyn. Yeah. And so that's super cool. Um, you know, Mikhail, like, still does his three-point celebration, and, like, we all miss it, and so I was, like, super salty when everyone in the East Coast started picking up on it, and, yeah. like, all of his teammates were doing it. I was like, no, that's a Phoenix Suns yeah, Mikhail celebration. Like, that's not, Mikhail, pick a new celebration, dang it, but, like, they named him Brooklyn Bridges, which I think is the funniest but coolest so thing. I've never heard that. That's really good. Yeah, and he's just flourishing out there. Yeah. Like, he went and popped off like I was just I loved it every single day like I actually ended up going into my NBA app and favoriting the Nets just so that like I would get the notifications because I don't keep track of when any other team plays because I barely know when we play so I would get the notifications and be like oh they have a game tonight and check the score you know just to see how they played and what what was going on and Mikhail was just killing it yeah also I got a question what type of like stereotypes or things that like you might have to uh, let's say stereotypes that you might she's have she's laughing I, I know <laughs> like being a female like in this like kind of close proximity with these major like basketball players huh <laughs> <laughs> we're drinking oh also sorry the cocktail of the week is a tequila sunrise for the suns for the suns because Aww. we love the suns and we love Ronnie um and she just took a big swig and now she's ready to take it away how much, Ronnie how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> how much time um oh my god it's it's every stereotype it's everything that you think would be a stereotype mm-hmm. is a stereotype mm-hmm. um, how do you like overcome them I think like obviously I think we can figure out exactly yeah. what kind of stereotypes might come yeah. with it 
So how would, maybe a better question would be, like, how do you overcome? You just got to own your space. Yeah. Own who you are. Um, I'm super thankful for my boss because she is the most, like, powerful, amazing, hard-working, like, respected woman in this league. And she doesn't give a damn what anybody has to say. And so, like... For her, she she's so much my boss, but also my mentor. Mm-hmm. That like we know she knows when to like cut it off from like a, I'm your boss standpoint and having a conversation, and more so like telling me like from a mentor, just looking out for me like girl, clap back. Mm-hmm. You don't owe people explanations. You don't owe, you know, you don't have to justify yourself or anything like that. And it was funny because I remember the first time that like. I clapped back post-conversation with her. We were sitting on the bench during pregame warm-ups, and I said something back to one of our um, assistant coaches in, like, a joking matter, and she hit me on the leg, and she was like, okay, I see you with the clap back. Like, she was so happy. I swear it was, like, a proud mom moment. Um, but, no, it's, like, it's every stereotype of, like, why, why is she doing – or she's only doing this – to be seen she's only doing this yeah. to be around these guys who is she dating who is she who's messing who she messing with who got her this job and then I mean I'm not like this plastic done up Scottsdale bomb <laughs> show by any means but yeah, you are gorgeous thanks yeah. not too gorgeous you'll see we'll post a picture of her um <laughs> but like I'm a I'm a decent looking female and I have decent. a body that I that that I have that I was blessed with that I work for um that is revealing even when I wear stuff that isn't form-fitting yeah so if I'm in joggers that are technically like loose fit they're still a little snug on me like I've got these thighs I've got this butt and I know that I'm being looked at like it, it it's unfortunately it is what it is it's one of those things like a male on the street is going to look at me when I walk by. Mm-hmm. I get catcalled when I pump my gas. Like, yeah. So, of course, being in a building with nothing but male players, male coaches, they have eyes. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not pointing anybody out specifically. This is just literally what it is because they see somebody who's attractive but then also is working with what they're working with. And, like, I feel it. I've seen it happen where, like, I turn around and I'm just being stared at. And I'm like, oh, my God. No, like, no one has ever made me feel uncomfortable by any means, but I know that it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's even the stereotypes of, like, what is she doing in this space? You know, there's been a couple coworkers that I've, I've had conflicts with of, like, male coworkers that are, like, questioning what I'm doing near the locker room. Mm-hmm. Or when I'm like, when I'm somewhere, I have a purpose. Yeah. I'm not in here to just catch a peek at somebody's six-pack. I don't give a damn. Like, <laughs> I didn't I sign that. up to do sports to watch these guys take their shirts off in the locker room. If I need to go get something done and it just happens that the guy is in the locker room, I'm going to go get him or I'm going to ask the person that's close to go in there and get him. Like, I don't just go chill in the locker room by any means. I'm not saying that, but, like... It's just hard. Like, you see a guy take their shirt off and some of the trainers will look at you to, like, make sure that either, A, you're not offended or that you're not looking too long. And it's just, like, why? Why is this even a thing? So it's something you deal with every single day. Um, But I think it's just a learning thing. Like, at first I was very, I don't, self-conscious isn't the word, but, like, 
I just thought I thought about it way too much to where it was consuming like how I would walk around things that I would say I would stop doing things that I needed to get done for my job because I didn't want somebody to look at me or question anything but back to my boss and her just like letting me know it's okay like you worked your butt off to get here you're meant to be here you don't got to answer to nobody do what you got to do and if someone has a problem with it let them say it because what's funny is like nine times out of ten when people have problems they don't say anything they like will either just like look at you make you feel uncomfortable but then if you approach them and say hey I've noticed that like you make slick comments about this that and the, and you confront them they'll most of the time shrivel up in their in their boots and be like oh no I don't have a problem and you're like oh really because that's not what I that's not what I just heard when I walked by but like when you call somebody out on it they all of a sudden don't want to say anything even though you know the second you walk away they're gonna run and tell somebody else so she was like make these people uncomfortable in return and like that stuck with me so now I just I'm there and I've been Bitch, pro- I'm there. I've been promoted. Yeah. So. Yes, I was going to say, in the beginning she said her title, she's a manager now. I was going to say, how many months ago was that you got promoted? Like two, maybe three? Officially, like the start of, what month are we in? August. 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 Okay, I feel so like July. it was June. Oh, July. July was like my official title change and stuff from um, senior coordinator to manager. Yes, um, please. Yes, I just hired somebody to... Um, work underneath me so I will like nice. actually be a supervisor now um, he's going to be our coordinator of team services and he starts the end of this month so I'm like super excited because in my job with ASU like I I was a manager supervisor whatever of student employees mm-hmm. but that's such a different world mm-hmm. like these students are literally just there to like <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I know I'm so proud. I kicked the table with the whole thing. Oh, no. Sorry, <laughs> you know these students are just there to to work to make a little pocket change while they're in college. So like, they take the job seriously, of course, because they don't want to get fired. But like, it's so easy to manage students. So now this is like going to be my first big girl management role supervisor role so I'm a little nervous but in a good way yeah it's gonna be great like a good I, I'm excited for how it's gonna push me and how I'm gonna grow and like just learn learn new things like how to delegate and lead and you know do all of these things for somebody who is where we were mm-hmm. years ago where I was years ago I think I'm much older than you guys no nobody's <laughs> how old you don't have to talk you can whisper it no, I'm 29. I just turned 29. Ah, uh, she's What? Yeah. I thought you were 27. No, I'm, I'm pushing 30, y'all. Oh. Okay, well, if you want me to throw you the best 30th birthday party ever. I would love know. if you would. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was actually just talking about when how, like, June 1st. I, we got some time. Okay. okay. I actually, like, Let's like plan. I think that would be really fun. No, that would no, be, be so fun. fun. Like, I love my friends to death, but, like, Well, we no, are, they can come. No, they can come. Of course. <laughs> planning. I'm talking you about planning plan. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever really had, like, a adult birthday that's yeah. been, like, full-on thought out of, like, decorations. Yeah. I don't have to yeah. reach out to the people. Like, Well, I was going to say, like, it might somewhere. be nice because, like, then your friends don't have to. Yeah. yeah, like, like I love like, my show birthday. Up and enjoy it. I yes. love my birthday. I'm full in control of. I love telling people what to do. It's yeah. my birthday. But I understand the like niceness of being like, oh my god, Ronnie, like just show up here. And it's thirty. That's yeah. a big it's deal. A big one. That's a big deal. That's, yeah. a, 
That's okay, the, we'll talk the themes. themes. We'll talk, we'll talk. We'll talk themes. Well, Jody's 27. 27. Okay. So Katie and I are the youngins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. you're about to be... 25. <laughs> 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 Give me three months and no. I'm there with you. <laughs> I'm, like, really scared. <laughs> um, I had a follow-up question to that because I love what you said about, like... Because obviously, like, in we, that's the reason we started this podcast, right? Like, we we say on this podcast it's not, like, a male-dominant field. It's male-prevalent. Male-prevalent. Because you're not inferior to them. Um, I forget who it was, but somebody... It was Coach JoJo um, for the Jag. Yeah, she was at a panel, and she spoke. Um, but I feel like in your role specifically, you're literally with the players all the time, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that, like, place stereotypes on you mm-hmm. because of where you are, and... A lot of that just comes from jealousy, like, Mm -hmm. respectfully, like, that's jealousy. Um, And I think it's cool that you're able to, like, stand up for yourself. But I also, like, we joke about it all the time. Like, when somebody gets traded and we, like, get an email, like, ten minutes before, like, you have actual, like, relationships with these people. You know, like, I know their stats, I know if they're good or not, but I don't know them, Mm -hmm. I don't know their mom, like, you know? Yeah. Um, I was going to say... I think, by the way, what you said was also, like, extremely, like, really inspiring and stuff. Because one of the reasons why I asked that is when they know I'm starting school in, like, two weeks. Yay. Whatever. So Yay! I, <laughs> I currently do um, fan engagement analytics for the Cardinals. And goal is, is to be the one female in the draft room in, like, five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I need there. <laughs> so my goal is to move down to, well, by down... It's when people are attractive right what like that doesn't go away because you work a job like obviously boundaries things like that but like if there's a good looking human being they're good looking like 
there shouldn't be this whole, like, oh, she's a female, she's doing the most, she's wearing this stuff to be seen, or, like, it's just, it may, it literally, like, fires me up in my core, because it's just horrible, but it's something that's never gonna go away, like, there's other girls in this industry that I, you know, know, and, like, have worked for, um, or worked with for some of our guys, like, on, on their other side of work, and still in the sports industry, though, and they, They've been on podcasts recently and saying, like, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and some of these podcasts were, were male-led to where the guys are asking her the questions. And, of course, question one is, like, the question you asked. Like, how, how do you deal with the stereotypes, this, that, and the other? And, like, bruh, this shouldn't even be a thing. Like, yeah. I'm here doing the same work that the next man is doing, but y'all don't worry about what that man's doing. So it's, it's just annoying. It's also interesting because, like, the problem's not with us. Yeah. You know? Like, you're just wearing joggers. Mm-hmm. You're just wearing whatever you were wearing to work this morning. The problem's not with the women. We're not walking around trying to be mm-hmm. scandalous. Yeah. And you're not doing work, anything. Mind your fucking business. Like, <laughs> hey. I'm trying to do my job. Yeah. yeah. The problem's with the men looking at us. Yes. And yet, somehow, we have to be the ones to, like, wear baggier clothes. Mm-hmm. Or we have to be the ones to, like be extra nice to the security guard and maybe, like, flutter our eye- eyelashes a little bit oh so that God. he lets you in. Flutter like, eyelashes brings me to this nope. story. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Trigger! Yes. Trigger warning! Trigger warning! When males oh, tell me, why aren't you smiling? Ugh! Because I don't want to smile at your ugly ass fucking face. Or what's That's wrong? Why. <laughs> or what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I look around like, he's not smiling. He's not smiling. Mm-hmm. He's not smiling. You not smiling. Yeah. Why are you worried if I'm smiling or not? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my face. For period. Like mm-hmm. my. I can't believe I just said that. I hate period. Um, but <laughs> okay. That's all right. The, the podcast brings out people, the, or the um, best people and the worst people. So. Like, what What do I need to smile for? Yeah. Like, I like to say that I have, I don't like to say it, but that I have resting bitch face. People would be like, hey, yours isn't that bad. And I'm like, well, that's good to know. Yeah. But I also don't know how to just, like, keep this subtle, weird smirk on my face this, like, that, like, makes Barbie. me look like I'm semi, like, grinning, happy to be here. Like, but, like, don't question me. Like, yeah. if I'm sitting here watching pregame warm-ups and you come up and be like, you should smile. For what? But how oh, they're going to always complain. Kind of like the complete opposite. When I'm overly friendly mm-hmm. and always laughing and always smiling at whatever, and they're like, why are you so, like, bubbly? Yeah. Whatever. You need to take things more you're seriously. Supposed to be seri- yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to be serious. But what's, like, what, what do you what's want crazy from me? Exactly. If you were sitting on the sideline during warm up mm-hmm. and smiling, they'd oh. be like, oh, we're trying she's to looking focus. at all the boys. Yeah. Like, or even like, we're mm-hmm. trying to focus. Like, yeah, what's yeah, yeah. funny? Like, what's funny? You need to be serious. You're, you're serving as a distraction right now. Like, well, then what? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> you tell me. You're not allowed to have a face. Moral no. of the story. Women don't have a face, have don't have a body. You can't have emotions. Just, yeah. no, don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> That's Honestly, don't just exist. quit. Just quit. <laughs> Literally just yeah. quit your job. Just, just wait. We can't stand <laughs> you. No, it's yeah. all very relatable. Yeah. It's crazy, though. I mean, I, I love it. Like, my role specifically is very, um, 
there's a lot of women in my role. I was just gonna say, I was yeah. like, your boss is a woman. Yeah. Like, so like across people. the league, like pretty much, I don't even know what the percentage is. It's definitely more than men mm-hmm. um, of people, women who work the player engagement role. Like obviously, every team calls it something else: player relations, yeah, yeah, player yeah. support services, like whatever you want to call it. But it's heavily women. Mm-hmm. And then the family services is heavily women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another reason why, like, not to be discriminating during our interview process for my coordinator role, but, like, we, we wanted a man. Yeah. Because we wanted to change that stigma. Because a lot of times people hear what your job is, and even, like, the family services people, people will narrow it down that are just so, like, small-minded and they'll be like oh so basically like you're the babysitter of the team you're, you're, you babysit the guys mm-hmm. and I'm just like that's so offensive like it's so much more than that like I I do so much more than babysit these grown men I promise you yeah. but like we none of us went to school went through the paths that we went through worked our asses off to get in these roles to be a glorified babysitter. Yeah. So put some fucking respect on what I do. And you should. <laughs> and give me, like, give me the, the credit of what I actually do. But, like, when people don't get it or they don't know sports, they don't understand, like, what it is really that I do. And so that's one of those things where I have to just, like, blow that off and be mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, it's bigger than what you can process. But it <laughs> is. Like, it's <laughs> it's... It's a lot of women. And it's fun because when we come together or we do, like, these calls across the league with all the player engagement people, it's amazing to see so many mm-hmm. women. I love it. But, like, now we just need to work on the narrative yeah. of yeah. why we're in the role. Because you're not going to call a man a babysitter. No, you would never. The same manager of player engagement as a male is going to be like, oh, that's so dope. So, like, you, do, you, know, you develop them and this, that, and the other. You would never call a man a babysitter. Yeah. You just wouldn't. So, I think there's, like, we talk about the stereotypes and stuff of the physical part, Mm -hmm. but then there's also, like, there's equally the same stigma and stereotype around, like, why are there so many women in this role specifically? Although I will say, I have called ours a babysitter. But, like, and I I get where it comes from, because... Like I said, they're my kids yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Like, it very much can feel that way, but, like, there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I think what's crazy is that, like, you don't even, I don't know, you don't realize how much you can, like, impact yeah. these guys in this role. Like, you can but it's, it's more so, like, I, you can have a conversation with a guy start of season and be like, hey, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do? Like, you know, I know you probably aren't going to be off this court for another five years. That's fine. But, like, let's talk about it. Like, what, what else, when you don't dribble the basketball, makes you happy? Is it your family? Is it special needs kids? Is it autism? Is it, th- like, you know, you, you bring all of this stuff down and, like, some guys will be like, oh, I want to do everything. I love everything. And I'm like, no, you don't, but it's okay. That's a great start. <laughs> like, and then you put that, that pebble in their head and then they, they think about it. And then, like, two weeks later they'll come up to me and be like, hey, remember that conversation we had and I told you I want to do everything? I actually really realized that, like, I love this. Mm-hmm. 
And it's cool because now you're like, you're triggering something in them to dig a little deeper. And then by the mid-season, they add some more stuff. By the end of the season, you do this recap and like see all the things that they did in the community or stuff that they did personally on their own. Um, and it's just, it's just fun. So like, sure, if you want to call me a babysitter, fine. Like I'm helping these guys grow, but in, in a way that people don't even recognize that's happening because all they care about is the entertainment piece. Yeah. And that's, what's so crazy just about sports in general. Cause I think about like, this is going to be such a touchy subject, but the Damar Hamlin situation, Yeah. like when he went down and everybody literally was on Twitter going crazy about how, like, the game wasn't being picked back up, and my parlay, and Mm -hmm. oh my, but, and I'm like... This is someone's life. Is this real? Like, am I really reading these tweets of people being so insensitive to somebody who literally might not make it? Yeah. At the sole level of your entertainment? Like, and you're, you're worried about a bet. If you don't get on out of here so like yeah. you know a lot of these people that say these ignorant comments or think that you got your job to to be seen or because you, you're with one of the men like those are the same people that only care about their what are they doing on a Friday night yeah oh yeah. I gotta go watch these guys play basketball and that's it when really like there's so much more to it but yeah. I almost think that's like why you do see more women in mm-hmm. roles like that. Like, I went to, like, a DEI confer- conference for the league, and it was most of the people who have, like, a VP of DEI or, like, a director of DEI, people in culture, whatever you might call it, are women. Mm-hmm. And that's because women have the capacity to care yes. and, like, really make change. It's not about, you know, the business optics of it. It's mm-hmm. not about, you know the cool title it's about actually making a change but that's why people label it as the babysitter as the caretaker because we're wired differently to care for these people or to care about making change or to show emotion and show like yeah yeah, like be personable because it's not transactional like these guys will come in and get on the court with a coach and the coach will never know that he has three kids yeah like you know, because there's some, some players that we have that don't have their kids. Mm-hmm. And they're not with the mother of their kids. So, and they don't post them on socials. So, like, unless you talk to these guys and just have real-life conversations, you don't know that he's a father. Yeah. Because all you're worried about is him coming on the court and dribbling the basketball for 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's wild. So, like, it's just, it's sad that because we invest in these guys personally... That we're we're a caretaker, yeah. We're a babysitter. I'm like whatever, cool. I was like, I'm, I'm a I'm a heavy paid, <laughs> yeah. heavy paid babysitter. Period. Not the period. Not the period. I'd say like you know I think something sometimes we talk about is that there's so much that goes behind the scenes here that a lot of people, if you're not in sports, you just don't understand. Yeah. Like that's one of the reasons why we all started the podcast because. There's so much stuff that we go through that we can't we can't really express it as much to our people, our friends and family who are not in the industry because they see it as a game, they see it as entertainment, they see it as like just an actor like we're stating. Like even me a year, if you asked me like a year ago, I would be like, yeah, these people are getting 
paint way too much mm -hmm. to do two hours of, of like running around in circles and then they're done for the day it's like no compassion we watch them on sunday <laughs> or whatever days hockey goes on or whatever days basketball goes on or whatever it's like nothing coming into it i definitely see like the industry as a whole players front office coaching everything in a completely different light in that compassionate like you're saying like family yeah. mothers yeah. sisters that sort of thing i could i mean i still think we get paid a lot but you sound like, like my sister <laughs> so i love her to death but she like and i get it because i i know them like everyone most people think that they're like god dang these these athletes get paid so much money to play a sport and mm -hmm. to that like that's the key word play yeah yes. they're playing they're playing a game and they're making millions of dollars but you know my sister she's a nurse and so to her it's it's yeah. offensive because she's hard. like i'm out here saving lives like i'm dealing mm -hmm. with people that are coming in you know we went through covid and all of this stuff and we don't even make a sliver of what some of these athletes make firefighters police, and i and i'm like i don't i'm not arguing yeah. the, the case but you have to look at the industry as a whole mm -hmm. yeah. and how much money is being brought in exactly from all aspects like broadcast merch sales yeah. concessions like it, it's a billion dollar industry and so of course like they're going to make this money but being on the inside of it you see like even for me being just a staff, my friends are like, bro, we don't see you during the season. And I'm like, yep, like, you better get all your time in with me <laughs> this month and, and last month because I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to be unavailable come October. Mm -hmm. Because we travel. We play 82 freaking games over the course of 10 months, and that's not even including playoffs. Yeah. And so that's just me as a staff. I'm not the one out there playing. I'm not the one coming in at 6 a.m., to get my workout in for an hour before I even step on the court and do drills before practice even starts. And then post-practice, I'm working out again. And then in the meantime, I have kids at home that I'm, that I'm missing out on, that I'm not taking to school and helping my wife with and doing all of these things. But I also got to eat right. Yeah. Because if I don't eat right, then I'm not performing. And, like... It's, so, like, these guys, these even women, too, like, women athletes, they work their asses off. Yeah. Like, so, I, I get it, like, holy crap, I wish I could shoot a basketball and make some of the money <laughs> that, that our guys yeah, make, a lot but into it, yeah. it is, and people, people don't see that, and I think that's what hits home for me, like, just doing the job that I do and loving it so much is... It's kind of personal, like, yeah. why I chose, not chose, but, like, just had a desire and passion to be in this space, um, player-facing, because I was an athlete, and, you know, I come from a super small town in Wyoming where I was the minority, like, there was literally a handful of us that were black at my, at my school, and <laughs> it's so funny, like, I look back and I'm like, I used to be, I was cool, I was, I was with the cool kids, I was popular, I had a great group of friends, I was liked, I was also disliked, but I was liked, but a lot of it came from me being a really good athlete, like, I was known as the black girl on, on the volleyball team that could jump out the gym, 
and it was like as much as I loved that because like damn right I can jump I'm only 5'4 but like I'm busting these girls in volleyball yeah <laughs> they look at me like telling? who's this little pipsqueak in the front row she ain't gonna do nothing and then alright when I hit you in the face just sit down ball, just sit down you're gonna be mad that I'm only 5'4 okay and so um but but that like I was just I was cool because I had the cool friends but I also because I was an athlete yeah I don't know what high school would have looked like for me if I wasn't an athlete and a good athlete at that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what college would have looked like for me if I didn't get to play two years of volleyball. Like, I just don't, I don't know. And so for me, it's like, there was more to Ronnie. There was more to high school Ronnie than being the girl that could jump out of the gym. Mm -hmm. But people, like, didn't take the time to, like, want to be my friend or get to know me or oh, she's black, and, like, not to label any of these people as racist, but, like, they didn't, nobody chose to, like, be be my friend besides the, the small group that I had. And so now, like, I've, it's crazy because I've never really talked about that. And I've never really, well, like, I think put I think it two makes and two together that that's, that's why, why I do what I do. You can yeah. relate to players. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's exactly what it is, is, like, I, I feel for that young little I high school like girl. I a light bulb over your hat. Yeah. I know. Now I'm going. like, oh my god, now I know why I love what I do. <laughs> why I chose to do it. It's, it's personal, but yeah, people just don't yeah. don't realize. But I'm very blessed to be in this space. Oh yeah. yeah. I have a job that a lot of people would kill for. For sure. Mm-hmm. But you also worked your ass off. I worked my ass off. Yeah. It was not handy. I like pinch myself a lot <laughs> especially when I got promoted I was like wait a minute wait a minute yeah. you what am I making cause like also ASU oof, mm. your girl was making about a dime an hour yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how at that moment I lived in an apartment like shout out to my roommate at the time who paid a little bit more of our rent because she knew I wasn't making nothing yeah. and like I did what I could so, like, I appreciate her help and understanding, but, like, I look back and I'm like, how did I do it? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't making jack shit. Yeah. It's but crazy. now I am, and now I'm like, I love what I do, I'm making good money, and you would have looked, talked to me when I was at ASU, or even pre-ASU, I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have get, like, written this up for me. Like, of course I was going to keep working, but I was getting discouraged as hell. Because this path into the industry is not easy. Mm-hmm. Especially as a woman. Yeah. Especially as a black woman. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But you did it. And we're proud of you. Thanks, friends. Yeah. We're so proud of you. Yeah. Alright. We are, like... Okay. Well, we gotta ask one question. Okay. Uh-oh. What would be your advice? Oh, okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, she hates that question. Out, she so. just said a big sign. Advice. Yes, I am. Advice. Mm. Fuck bitches, give money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, trust the process and trust where you are. Yeah. And know that even when you're in it, you probably won't see why or understand why or appreciate why. Mm-hmm. But when you get through it and you get past it and you look back, you're like, ah, mm-hmm. I needed to do that. I needed to be there. I needed to go through that to be successful in where I'm at now. And that's just life in general. Like, yeah. trust trust it. As cliche as it is, like, I hate when people are like, just the process. 
process. Like, believe in where you are. It's like, you're meant to be... Where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. That's it. Like, but you don't see it while you're in it because your head's underwater and everything feels impossible. Like my ASU story, I didn't think I would ever make more money than that. Like, so yeah, just keep going. Believe in in where you're at. And everything will be good. What great advice. All right. Yay, Ronnie! Appreciate y'all. Wow, well, we appreciate you coming yeah. and doing this with us. And the listeners are gonna appreciate everything you yeah, have to say. Shout out, listeners! Shout out, listeners! Can't yeah, wait. do you want to give any shout outs maybe to your mom? Or yeah, can't wait to this to my mommy. <laughs> <laughs> She's She's like, like, Kathy, is it yeah. live? Let me listen. Is it live? <laughs> shout out, Kathy. Shout out, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right. All right. We're gonna have a great close week. It out. Have a good week. You're doing your best. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.